0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, three friends that I'm going to split this Kit Kat bar with, Kara Shamborski. I'm stealing the whole thing, Mike. <laughs> Paul Jasley. Hello, humanoids. And Nick White. Hey. Thank you guys for joining me this week. I'm so excited because this is the seventh annual I Read Comic Books episode. I don't know. This is the anniversary <laughs> episode for I Read Comic Books. Seven years ago, we started the show, so this is us bringing in year seven Um, if you're new to the show welcome Uh, episode 314 is where you decided to start that's awesome Um, we're going to be talking about all things I read comic books especially what happened in the last year of the show Um, but before we get into any of that I have two legally mandated questions that I have to ask and that
1: is how have you been how have comic books been let's start with you Nick Things have been good. Michigan, West Michigan weather watch would be uh, snow on and off, on and off. Uh, You might be able to hear that from the fact that my neighbor just decided to start snow blowing literally the moment we started recording. It is just a (laughs) mental mind game between the two of us during the summer. He starts lawn mowing right before we record the show. (laughs) Is he listening in on all of the telecommunications at my house? I'm working on that. I'll get back to you. I okay. probably should stop reading <laughs> Department of Truth while that's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is not helping. No. yeah, It's not
2: paranoia for out to get you, Nick.
1: I mean, I, I need no convincing. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of what I've been reading, I did most recently read the first two issues of Hellboy, The Bones of Giants. Uh, this is by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden, uh, writing Matt Smith uh, not to be confused with the uh, Doctor Who Matt Smith or the oh, Matt okay. Smith from my uh, um, creative writing class in eighth grade. It's not him. <laughs> I know that's the one most people know. Right. Um, Matt, if you're listening, we're not talking about you. Sorry. <laughs> Matt, sorry. I'm really sorry that the Doctor Who also has your name now. That must be real fun. Um, <laughs> Chris O'Halloran on art, uh, my main man from uh, Ice Cream Man and um, on colors. <clears throat> sorry and Clem Robbins on letters. Um I've a, I kind of really appreciate this book because Dark Horse isn't one of those studios where they're like, "Oh, I had this divine moment of inspiration and this this whole idea for this book came to me in a dream." Like with Dark Horse a lot of the time it feels like, "Hey, can we go back to the well that we've already gone back to maybe a few too many times?" Like the well sure. I there's nothing there. It's 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 bone dry. And Wow, with with Hellboy, the Bones of Giants. This book is a twenty twenty two comic that is based on a two thousand and one novel, which was also by Mignola and Golden. And if you are thinking there are Hellboy novels, um, that was me about a week ago, <laughs> uh-huh. and and me when you told me yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so you can call this idea uninspired when most people don't even know that these books exist and nobody has read them, maybe it's not the most wasted effort. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So the the initial conceit is pretty basic. Thor's hammer arrives on earth. Hellboy discovers that he's not only capable of lifting it, but he's also become a part-time vessel for the God of thunder (laughs) (laughs) and the hammer won't leave his hand. So it's like too much of a good thing. Like it's not only like you are worthy. It's, You were worthy and now you've signed up for this. So Um. when he when he
0: picks it up, does he pick it up with his red hand or does he pick it up with his
1: not stone hand? Oh fuck. I think it's the red hand. I'm sure someone's someone and someone is on on a YouTube comment thread somewhere being like, What a fucking idiot. Red hand, what was he thinking?
0: Yeah.
2: Um What I'm hearing is this is the next Thor movie and they're gonna cross over and Ron Perlman's gonna show up in his prosthetics again finally yes
1: well when you think about it right like this the novel was only like a year or two before what golden army which was sort Mm -hmm. of like elf related guys i haven't Mm -hmm. seen the movie in a long time okay okay so it is kind of interesting that there's sort of somewhat of a correlation there Mm -hmm. um lore lovers will probably not be a huge fan of this because it is sort of approachable it's largely standalone (laughs) Uh, <laughs> the author of it basically came forward and said, like, yeah, the novel and comics might differ on plot. And the comic is now canon, apparently. I see. Um, I see. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. This is going to sound mean, but I enjoyed not having Dave Stewart on colors. And that's not because oh. Dave Stewart is bad. OK, it's not because Dave Stewart is bad. It's just that it is nice to see something different every once in a while sure and i'm sure dave probably thinks that being the colorist on a mike mignola book is sort of like highlander like can there can only be one and he's probably killed a couple other colorists in his time to keep that seat oh my God. Yeah. um chris o'halloran watch your back uh sure but um it, it was just nice to see something different. Halloran's color palette isn't vastly different from what we're used to seeing with Stuart, but it's a little bit brighter. Um, it's a little bit lighter. And it's, it's just nice to see things a little bit mixed up. So I appreciated that. Hmm. Um, I also read the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters companion volume, which is a weird way of saying... We made a bunch of tie-in issues for our event. We need a way to make more money. Here they are in a trade. But that's a long title for an issue. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, not for Star Wars comics. I mean, if you really look (laughs) at the... (laughs) Uh, This is probably the most credits I've read in forever, but... uh, so for writers, this is Justine Ireland on the Jabba issue, Daniel Jose Older on the Forlom and Zuckus issue, Alyssa Wong on the Bosch issue, IG uh, Rodney Barnes on the IG-88 issue. For pencils, it's Ibrahim Robertson, Jabba present day, Luca Pizari, Java flashback, K Zama, Forlom and Zuckus, David Baldeon for the Bosch, and Gio Villanova for the IG-88 Colors, it's Edgar Delgado on the Jabba present day, Giada Marchesio on the Jabba flashback, Felipe Sobiero on the Forlman Zuckis, Israel Silva on the Bosch, Antonio Fabella on the IG-88, Ariana Maher did the letters for all of these, must be a superhuman, uh have i read that many credits off for a trade in a while no have i probably butchered more names in the last 30 seconds than i will in the next couple months absolutely was attempting to say (laughs) well a lot of people worked on this book and leave it at that yes it was (laughs) but (laughs) give credit credit. where credit is due right uh it doesn't help that there were a lot of names there that were probably um wrong but i tried okay Uh um
2: I'm shocked you didn't continue into editor in chief.
1: Right. You yeah. <laughs> were. The PR <laughs>
2: officer.
1: VP <laughs> of finance. At the end, I'm going to read all of the credits for a Pixar movie. Um, <laughs> um Honestly, I didn't not enjoy this volume. <laughs> what? I know at one point That's I said. That's a good
3: full quote. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> at one point I was like. Did I enjoy War of the Bounty Hunters? I thought it was okay. As a standalone event, I will make this proclamation. If you read only the main event, you'll actually have an okay time. (laughs) Okay. If you read the Star Wars companion volume, you will begin to wonder if Charles Soule wrote War of the Bounty Hunters, forgot what it was about, and basically wrote the same book again... And then called it the Star Wars tie-in volume because that's what it felt like. Um, remember when like with DVDs first showed up and they were like, Oh, with DVDs, we're going to have these alternative ways where you can like view a scene from a different angle. Cause we'll film it from different angles and you can switch what? perspectives. Yeah. This was the thing. <laughs> wow. And everyone was like, well, that would be cool. Except I don't want that.
2: Like, <laughs> the Star Wars tie-in <laughs>
1: volume is that it's the, oh, do you want to <laughs> see it from this different angle? And it's like, that's a neat novelty, but I really don't. That's what the Star Wars tie-in volume is.
3: Okay. Well,
0: this, to me, sounds like what every set of tie-ins are for an event.
3: Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah.
0: So, Nick, I guess what I'm wondering is, what did you expect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Honestly, what I do like about a couple of these one-shots is that they sort of kick off the ongoing tie-in. So, the, um, I think the... Bosch, the Bosch one shot is actually the kickoff um for the doctor tie Afrotai-in, which is kind of clever. I, I think okay. some of this stuff works, but not all of it. Um
2: Well it sounds like it works yeah. if you're gonna buy everything. And that's No, not- that's
1: just me being dumb. That's that's <laughs> that's not a testament to anyone doing a good job. That's a testament to me doing a terrible job. Um, with willpower and and financial responsibility like that's <laughs> well, that's not a gold star on anyone's fridge that's a demerit for me that's you know Nick,
2: i love star wars but you are not selling this book to me man
1: like, No. no. <laughs> well don't make that the pull quote because that's probably not gonna that's not gonna work well i just um, remember
2: when the first issue of this bounty hunter event was happening i saw that it had like over 20 variant covers and instantly yeah, well, i was like oh of course oh, but that that like kind of turned me off it i was like oh you're like trying too hard and i know that's a well, stupid <laughs> critique but i'm like yeah if you're trying to make it a thing is it really gonna be a thing like you can't make stop trying viral. to make or the bounty right. hunters
1: a thing it's not a thing <laughs> right um no the the tldr would be this kara read the main event i think you'll have a good time with that I haven't finished all the tie-ins, but the surprisingly the bounty hunters tie-in. Yes, that is a book. Just bounty hunters. The bounty hunters tie-in, which is, um, uh, Baylert Valance, which is basically, hey, what if the Terminator was in in Star Wars, and Zuckiss are not Zuckiss, Dengar are teamed up and they hate each other and they fight, but also maybe they're bonding and learning about each other and get learning to get along as a cyborg and his bandaged mummy looking friend can only do. Um, <laughs> hmm. Surprisingly, I've enjoyed that volume. A lot. So this is the star Wars version of quantum and Woody. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe okay. it is. Lord okay. only knows I'm not reading that book anymore. <laughs> oh no.
0: All right. Oh, Before we start that
1: fire with Valiant, um, Paul, how about you?
0: How've you been? How've comic books been? <laughs> uh,
3: I've been I've been doing well. Uh, yeah, much like Nick said here in West Michigan, the weather has been uh, incredibly cold, uh, very snowy. I've been staying warm inside my apartment, pretty much as much as I can. So, luckily, that gives me time to read a lot of comics, which is kind of what I've done. Um, I'm uh, I was going to say I'm all caught up, but I didn't make it to the shop. i uh, this past week. So I'm one week behind, but other than that, I'm doing a pretty good job staying on top of my weekly comics, my floppies. So I'm proud of that. Nice. Nice. Um, so some stuff from the past couple of weeks I read that I want to talk about. Um, one is department of truth. Number 15. Um, this is again, written by James Tinian, the fourth art on this issue is by David Romero and letters by it. And um, I really like this series a lot. I want to preface that by saying I really enjoy the series. I think what James Seen is doing is very interesting. I like this sort of one-off issues like this with a different artist, but this is one of those comics that is like largely text-based. It's, it's almost entirely text prose with a few illustrations thrown in, with some full-page illustrations. And this isn't the first type time, time I've read a comic book like this. The thing is that they kind of take me out of the experience. Like I really find myself wanting – the sequential art of a comic. You know, as interesting as the story is and as good as the artwork is, it's just not the same as reading an actual comic. You know what I mean? So, um, but this issue centers around an interview that someone is doing. It's the ufologist Dal- Dalton Hines, who was introduced a few issues ago. He's being interviewed by a mysterious person that we don't know in the Department of Truth. And they're talking about the Mothman prophecies, that uh, conspiracy theory from the late 60s and 70s. And I noticed when I was reading this issue, maybe it was because I was being, um, my attention being distracted from the the format of it, the prose format, but it happens a lot when, when I'm reading Department of Truth, I will stop reading the comic and do, uh, you know, do quote unquote research by just Googling the people <laughs> that they're referencing, you know what I mean? I'll look up what conspiracy theory they're talking about to see like, yeah. oh, this is actually a real thing. Like, oh, that person's actually real and this is what they wrote. So I find yeah. it a very engaging experience. I think this issue maybe benefited from that because I was able to kind of break up the pros by doing that all in all it's a great series, but it's like um, (laughs) this wasn't one of the stronger issues for me. And yes, thank you, Danny in the chat just said now I'm now I'm on the government's list. So every every (laughs) month on a Wednesday,
1: just the FBI sees Paul's search terms just get very (laughs) like, like, like very like X-Files bullet points, basically uh-huh. he's at
3: it again. Yep. Yeah. Someone's at the door. I'll be right back. I'll just, uh sorry.
1: Um. <laughs> is it sort of like, I mean, I felt this way with like Martin Simmons work as well, Um, <laughs> which is like, it almost feels like reading when, when like Dave McKean does a comic, like the whole yeah. comic and it just feels weird.
3: I mean, for the most part that doesn't bother me so much as this issue. It is. You'll have a whole page. that's basically all text. what i mean yeah the the same issues
0: the same issue with the uh, bigfoot two pay or two issues that they did where it was a lot of writing um (laughs) i agree um i wholeheartedly disagree that this takes me out of the book uh if only because for me personally right if only because i get so i got so sucked into like the conspiracy mindset that it it was like reading transcripts in you know in the dark with a blanket over my head (laughs) tinfoil hat inside the room that's got soundproofing like I was sucked into this book but I I definitely could see that like I've also used that warning for people saying if you're going to get into this series it's really intriguing but there are some moments that are not comic books and right yeah, Yeah. I totally agree with you there it doesn't feel like a comic book it feels like a mixed media piece about Mothman you know what I mean
1: is Simmons coming back because like I'm not like I'm through the first like two arcs maybe and I know that there's a couple rotational things here and there, or one one-offs with other people. Is 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 he supposed to be like the default artist, or was that yeah. just an introductory? Okay.
3: No, as far as I know, that's that's the case. Because yeah, the, every once in a while they do one of these basically a standalone issue. It's not focusing on the main story. It's like a different character. or Yeah, it's like a companion piece almost to the main story. Yeah, okay. so it's that's like a good. You know? The Department
0: of Truth is like is really weird because I think that like there for the main story simmons is the person telling the story so you'll get like the chapter titles which is why it's really weird to be like chapter seven and it's like issue nine you know you get that kind oh, of no no you know. no it <laughs> 100 no. 100 is that so like in the department truth but i think like like elsa chartier did that one issue and then like yeah. this issue is a one-off and the 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 two bigfoot issues were a different artist if i'm not mistaken know, maybe simmons did that either way did, yeah. it, it feels like they're rotating in things to to kind of tell these one-off stories that feed into the bigger narrative
3: yeah it's like world building one-off issues yeah. basically yeah 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 uh, yeah it's still a good series again I, I think it's a great series one of my favorite comics it's always uh, on the top of my my pile when i get back from the store so mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm excited to get back to the main story hopefully soon um the other comic i want to talk about briefly was that texas blood number 13 oh, it's another sweet. image book i really really enjoy this book a lot um this is written by uh, chris condon art by jacob phillips and colors by pip martin uh, yeah, assisting colors on that. Um, I like this book a lot because it's it walks a very thin line. If you've been following along, the last story arc had a lot of supernatural elements, not too far from Department of Truth. Or if you watch the first season of um, True Detective, it got a lot of those vibes, you know? Um And this issue is kind of like the epilogue issue. It's the end of that story. It kind of acts as a sort of cap to that last story arc. It's set in uh, 1981. It's billed as a Christmas special, even though I think it came out like last week or something anyway. Um, So it's a Christmas uh, party at the Ambrose County Sheriff's Department and the head sheriff is telling a sort of ghost story about a previous sheriff who had passed away in the 50s under mysterious circumstances. And yeah, it's a standalone story. It's a good sort of ghost story you tell around the campfire. But what makes the book special to me, like every issue, is uh, Jacob Phillips' artwork is fantastic. This is one of the best-looking books on the shelves right now, I think. And what's great is on this issue, he does something interesting with the colors where, since most of the story is being told in a flashback, all of the flashbacks are done in monochrome. It's like black inks with orange colors and highlights. And it just looks so interesting and jumps off the page. It just makes it look different than the main story of the book set in, you know, 1981. So the flashback stands out, looks different. It's it's a really, really beautiful way of using color to do a flashback. So if nothing else, uh, maybe not the most exciting issue of the series, but it's worth checking out. Since it's a standalone story, you can just jump in at this point. And it's a beautiful looking book. I love the artwork. Jacob Phillips is absolutely tremendous on this book, especially his color work.
0: I've been really meaning to get into this, Nick. I know you've been telling me for a while to to read this, but maybe I should. Now that Volume Two is out, maybe I can I can dig into this and get like a nice meaty
1: chunk for sure. Yeah, I I've been reading it in trade. I haven't read the second trade yet. Um, what I really really love about this book and Paul got at it a little is that there are these weird, just very small moments of like supernatural or like odd horror and it's like sort of like a blink if you miss it panel like Hmm. paul i think we talked about this before like there's the there's the scene where the two cops are sitting around the um the bonfire in the woods or whatever and there's like (laughs) a like a blink and you miss it panel of like something off in the woods and nobody discusses it and it's never discussed again right in that volume and you're like what wait what did i just did i just see that and you're like (laughs) and you're like i'm gonna keep tabs on this because this this is weird yeah. So, note to self: Do not read that Texas Blood
0: at night. Gotcha. <laughs> it's probably good. Probably
3: good. Okay. I, I will say that the the previous story arc, the Eversol eighty one story arc, it it drags a bit. It might be one issue too long. But I think this issue kind of re, recentered me on the book and got me excited about the title again. So, yeah, nice. it, it's nice. a very good book. I I, th- I think if you're not reading it and you like true crime with a tinge of supernatural, this is going to be right up your alley. Awesome.
0: I'm now now I've got to get on this on top of the the millions of other books that I'm reading you know (laughs) I'll put this one into the queue uh Kara what about you how have you been how have comic books been
2: I've been okay I have been doing a lot of um like in person and online dance classes recently and right so I am learning how much more improvement I can be doing (laughs) Like the other day I was doing an online class where they were like, now you can film yourself if you want and like post and tag us. And I was like, OK, well, I'll try filming myself. I'm feeling pretty good about this. And I was doing it and I was like, I am nailing this choreography. And I watched the playback <laughs> and I was like, I am not nailing this choreography. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> um,
2: but it's like nice to have a more um, like spatial awareness of of everything since I'm not really going anywhere or doing anything it's a way to like move my body through space and i am learning also like dancers who have been dancing for a while make everything look so effortless because that's part of the job but like there's this one move in one of the in-person dance classes that i'm doing where my instructor likes um like bending forward so think you're going down to touch your toes but then one of your legs goes straight up in the air and you jump And every time I see everyone else in the class execute this move more or less flawlessly, I'm, like, bending down, touching my toes, and hopping, like, six inches with both feet on the ground, and I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> like really-
0: see, but, you know, with enough practice and enough stretching and stuff, you mm-hmm. two can do that, you I know?
2: know, but when? <laughs>
1: so- <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> the impatience of no. old age, right? <laughs> where do I sign up for the instant gratification dance class? Because that's mm-hmm. where is it? Does it cost extra?
2: That's okay.
0: I'm gonna drag T on here and she's gonna talk about years of work and planning we have to do to be good at that <laughs> stuff. Sure.
2: Oh my god. So uh I've been comics wise doing some some classics over here. I watched the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus and the whole time I was just like, Man, I wish this was the comic book.
1: So. <laughs> did you sign up for Jeremy Renner's social media app or
2: I did not, no. Nick, actually. So I revisited Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aha. And um I have to say reading it through like all at once, because previously I was reading it in singles when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think reading it all together, I picked up more on the little through lines that were happening or like there was a lot of like background stuff that ended up being foreshadowing for later issues that I didn't pick up on the first time um my enjoyment of the reread was also heightened by the fact that Mike made me read Iron Fist last year because <laughs> um because was it David A. Ha also did the Iron Fist yeah, illustration he did Immortal
0: Iron Fist yeah with uh Ed Brubaker and uh and uh, Matt Fraction, I think, were on writing for that.
2: Right. So my response to reading that is, Mike, this is Hawkeye, but different <laughs> <laughs> settings. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, Fraction yeah. has has a writing style. <laughs> no, yes. but like, okay, I mean, aesthetically, like they, like Danny and Cl- and Clint look the same in those yes. two books, mm-hmm. and yes. I didn't realize it, but in the first few issues of the Hawkeye series they make that joke multiple times people just keep saying iron fist whenever
3: hawkeye right, right, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's just not something i would have picked up on before <laughs> so uh that was nice and then um i i also liked that in in the interim between reading it first and doing the reread i had seen uh elsa chartier's breakdown of one of the early hawkeye pages yeah. on her youtube channel um and, and I like Elsa Chartier's breakdowns because she's really, I think, clear in her explanation of why certain page layouts work and what the artist is doing visually to take you through the story that they're telling just with the images. And as someone who doesn't pay attention to art, that was really <laughs> helpful for me. <laughs> so when I got to that page, I was like, oh, shit, it's the page and she's right. And it does the thing and my eyes going here. And I see like the I'm following the fist as it's going through the air. Great. So. I just felt like I got a deeper appreciation uh, on the whole of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. then for uh, Christmas, I got a bunch of Donald Duck comics by Carl Barks from the Fanagraphics Archive Collection. And so I've just been reading a lot of Donald Duck because I'm so obsessed with the DuckTales reboot on Disney+. (laughs) And it's really nice that they definitely did their homework, went back and read the original comics and just kind of updated some of those storylines for the modern show. So, Very nice. That's, yeah. I, have, like... I haven't seen it. That's the one that's got David Tennant in it, right? He's so good. Yeah. It's like, and also, okay, this is me being slightly terrible, but this is how I feel. And I'm going to speak my truth. Um Uh-oh.
1: Okay.
2: Lin-Manuel Miranda sounds like a nerdy duck and he voices a nerdy duck in this show so i think it's his best role <laughs> like, i just <laughs> like, <Sure. laughs> like i the first the character that he voices the first time showed up i was like i know that voice and when i saw the credits i was like oh this is like you this is perfect because this is what you sound like <laughs>
1: This is you. This is what you sound like. This
2: is your real. I don't know. I just it just felt like the truest distillation of what his voice sounds like, anyways. And I was just like, yes. Be a nerdy duck scientist who wears a robot suit sometimes and saves the city and has a (laughs) tough mom. Like, let's do this. (laughs) So um yeah, but highly recommend the Donald Duck comics and the Scrooge comics because they're really well done all ages adventure stories there's definitely some cringe moments where carl barks takes the the ducks to um non-white places (laughs) you know but um those are few and far between most of it's just like we're prospecting in the klondike and we're going to get a uh we're going to get actual construction equipment for Christmas because Scrooge doesn't understand the concept that children want to play with toys and not the real thing, you know, so it's like <laughs> sure. wacky hijinks like that. <laughs> so that's been my, my comics journey these past nice. few weeks. Fun, fun. Um, well, for me, I have
0: been obsessed with the song 3090. <laughs> uh from the musical tick tick boom i watched that movie uh very recently the andrew garfield movie that came out that's all about uh jonathan larson the guy who created rent and uh you know say what you will about that movie i enjoyed it quite a bit uh the music is pretty good specifically that 3090 song It's just stuck in my head constantly Uh, i think andrew garfield did a really good rendition of it too but yeah so when i'm not listening to that song over and over i think i mentioned this last week but i I, my last day at my job was this past week, so um, I'm taking a week off before I start a new job, which is very exciting, so I'm really pumped to read through the rest of Usagi your, your Yojimbo your and a whole bunch of other things that are on my forever list of things to read, probably that Texas blood as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And will make uh, promises you can't keep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Um but in the meantime, I have been reading quite a bit of comics. I, I, I sat down and read uh Dirtbag Rapture number two and three. This is by Chris Sabella with art by uh written by Chris Sabella, art by Kendall Good and Gab Contreras. Um I snagged number one, I think it was on Comixology. Like I think the whole series is on Comixology Unlimited for like borrowing, even though the issues keep coming out. So it's like a direct to C U thing, which is crazy. And it's essentially about uh, our protagonist named Kat, who is a medium of some sort, like she she is able to communicate with ghosts. Um, and ghosts come to her and ask to be taken places to finally rest. So someone dies, and say a car crash on a highway, and she'll be driving, riding in a bus, and then a ghost will be like, "Hey, can you take me with you?" And then they'll like latch onto her head, and then she takes them to wherever they want. And she said, I guess the story starts with her saying, I used to do this for free. And now I try to get money out of these ghosts because they died. And what do they need it for? (laughs) And that's like the whole person, her whole personality. She's like, Like ghosts are really annoyingly persistent about her doing things. So like they if they can latch onto her head, they will just bother her forever um, until she finally takes them to rest. So she's turned this into like a weird business where she's quit her job and all she does is just take ghosts to where they want to rest and gets a little bit of money out of it somehow um but yeah like and if anything like she gets enough money to buy pizza and maybe some quality weed and chill out with the cat that some lives in her neighborhood um this character is amazing like she feels like the realest person you could ever read and that she just is sick and tired of the bullshit that she has to deal with and yet she has no choice um it feels very true to life for people who I think live in America like where everything just can suck even though the world isn't, like, falling apart, but, like, you just don't want to be bothered sometimes. Um, she fully embraces that, and I I really love it. Like, the way that Christabella writes this character is just fantastic. Um, and so, like, the book feels super laid back. Um, there's a lot of fantastical elements that just get downplayed constantly, like ghosts and why ghosts are attached to like cat and why anything is really happening. Um when cat's whole drive is just I wanna get high and eat pizza, can everyone just leave me the fuck alone for ten minutes? It's great. And I I think that Kendall Good and Gab Contreras who are on art, they do like a really good job of taking a really mundane world and making sure that it stays mundane, despite some of the fantastical elements like ghosts and mediums and different things that are happening in the world. I I, just, the juxtaposition of the occult like story pieces and someone like cat, just not giving a shit in a really like, God, I can relate to this kind of way makes this comic stand out for me. And every issue has impressed me so far and how real cat feels as a character. So Yeah, if you're looking for something that's really fun and you have CU or you're, I think these issues like go down to like two bucks each after a month, Dirtbag Rapture is really fun. Like the first four issues are out and I've really enjoyed one through three and I'm really excited to read number four. So yeah, I'd recommend that because it's it's just goofy. The other book that I read is a story called, or it's an OGN called Weeaboo. Uh, This is by Alyssa Sala and uh, the story is a little strange. Like the title alone kind of has a big question mark on it because Weeaboo is a strange word and. The story is, it's it's a little strange, but let me, I'll just read the description that the the site gives or the publisher gave, which it's their senior year of high school and three friends are preparing for the big anime convention happening after graduation. Even though they've known each other for years, they're finding out that reality isn't like a cartoon and that people grow up and sometimes apart. This is a story about appropriation, identity, and what it means to change. Uh I went into this book not knowing any of that. I didn't read the back cover. Someone just uh, some folks over at this uh, discord and podcast that we're kind of buddies with called Shonen Flop recommended this as part of their book club for February. Um, And so I picked it up and and started to read it. And it's it's really good. Like the opening part of the book is it's kind of cringy in the way that like it feels like someone is their It's their first ever comic. But the more you read it, the more you're like, oh, shit, Alyssa Sala knows what the fuck she's doing in terms of writing a story that has a lot of nuance despite it being super awkward and the the cringiness and the awkwardness of the story is actually coming from the characters and not from the story itself like the, the first chapters of this book is really on the nose as we get to establish all of these characters and there's this kind of uh like each of the characters are introduced in like a power rangers style montage where you get a little bit of descriptor about who they are and they all have different quote-unquote superpowers um and it's really corny but once you realize that that's from the perspective of the the one of the girls or one of the characters in the story who is very much obsessed with like japanese culture and is what you would quote unquote call a weeaboo, um it's in like a derogatory way like it it all starts to come together at the end as you realize that there is a lot more going on in the story than just a story about three friends making it through high school there's it really hits on the way that people appropriate culture and the way that people interpret race. And I I was so surprised by the nuance of this book. And again, it's, it's very on the nose in some ways, but in a way that is helpful to drive the story. Um, and it ultimately becomes a story about how despite some of the turmoils we may have as we grow up and learn and understand things, people can still be friends and sometimes we can't. And that is okay. Um, it's just coming to terms with all that. So for a quick little or for an original graphic novel like this one really, really worked. I would I would highly recommend it. It's called weeaboo by Alyssa Sala. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really cool. There's like again, the art will maybe throw you, but I think overall it's worth reading um from end to end.
3: Sounds interesting, Mike. I'll check it out. Hi.
0: You know, if you're looking for something that's really going to mess you up on the inside. It's my favorite kind of comic. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's talk about comic books that we're excited to read. Let's talk about comics that are on the top of our pile. Um, I guess to get things started here, let's start with Paul. What are you reading next? What's on the top of your pile?
3: Well, um, I've been, uh, for reasons that might be explained later, I've been on a huge Batman kick lately. I've been reading a ton of Batman stuff. I'm enjoying the current Batman series and Detective Comics quite a bit. I'm very excited to read the Batman Catwoman special number one that's coming out this week. Uh, this is, of course, a tie-in to the Batman Catwoman series that Tom King is writing. So it's written by Tom King, obviously, uh, with art by John Paul Leon. Uh, I think it's probably the last book of his that's going to be published, uh, sadly. Um, with as uh, Additional art from Bernard Chan, Sean Crystal, Mitch Garrid's, and Colors by Dave Stewart. Yeah, so initially this book was supposed to be an oversized sort of book that focuses on selena kyle her entry into the world of crime and then it's going to tie in her relationship to batman throughout her entire life but in the wake of john john paul Leon's passing i believe that they expand it to an 80 page issue and they're going to have other artists do like pinups as a sort of tribute to john paul Leon. so on one hand it's a it's a tie into a book I'm enjoying. On the other hand, it's almost like a tribute issue to uh, one of the greatest artists uh, working in contemporary comics. I think if you're not familiar with John Paul Leon's artwork, he, he's incredible. And he's one of those artists that is probably your other, your favorite artist's favorite artist, you know, a guy whose work it was so unique and visually interesting and distinct. So the fact that he passed away last year from cancer is incredibly sad, but this will be sort of, looks like it's going to be a nice sort of tribute to him. So maybe if you're not even reading this series, it might be worth checking out, flipping through to see what it looks like. I'm sure it's going to be beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds fantastic. I I didn't I didn't realize that this was even coming out. So maybe I'll snag this, and I don't even read these dumb DC comic books. Uh,
2: Watch your mouth, J.K. Mike. J.K. I, I know, I know, J.K. Uh,
0: <laughs> just made uh, exactly. Friends left and right. I know. Listen here, my goal with this next year of IRCB is to yeah. just make as many people as mad as possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New year, same Mike. Oh <laughs> Thank you. Uh Kara, what about you? What, what's on the top of your pile?
2: I'm concerned with one book and one book only, and it's She Hulk by Charles Sol and Javier Polito, because I can't stop thinking about it. It was like when I was reading the Hawkeye stuff, I just kind of flash back to all the things that Marvel was publishing around that same time. And mm-hmm. most of it was great. And now I look at their current lineups and I'm like, guys. I don't know. I felt like at that point they were making a real effort to be um, accessible to new readers while also having fun Easter eggs for existing readers. And Mm -hmm. they were doing lots of stories that weren't necessarily reliant on lots of previous continuity. So uh, She-Hulk, I felt, was a really good... Um, entry point for like some characters that I wasn't as familiar with in the Marvel universe. Javier Pulido's art style is really just it, it just leaps out the page at you because the colors are so like it's like the line work, mm-hmm. the colors, like everything about this book is so just like friendly looking. Like, you just want to keep reading it because you're just like this is pleasant. I would love to keep hanging out at She Hulk's law offices. This is fine. Yeah yeah (laughs) did did i start reading this book because i wanted to know more about she-hulk because i read the young adult novel the she-hulk diaries yes but you know what it got me here and you know we can only hope that the new uh she-hulk tv series is going to be even half as good as this comic book run because this this is just when i think of she-hulk i think of these comic books, and Charles Soule is a lawyer, and She Hulk is a lawyer. So I felt like there was that extra level of, yeah. you know, write what you know, and you can, it, it just felt easy to read because it was clearly like Charles Soule dashed this off on his like lunch break or something, and it was still amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kara,
3: Kara, I have to tell you, I also love the series quite a bit. Um, it's one of the reasons She-Hulk is one of my favorite Marvel characters, and mm-hmm. I have to say, I also read the She-Hulk Diaries and absolutely adored it. So yes,
2: good I'm, for you. I involved. love that book; it's
3: so good. Yeah, it was so great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean i i just you know i never was into this book when it came out but i i do think it deserves a reread because i know that people like praised it and stuff and i know like i canceled it early it's probably my fault in my vote my purchase of oh my this God, book Mike. may have you know pushed it over the edge to be <laughs> saved so um we just need
1: oh one gosh. more reader yeah. please
0: right that's <laughs> what marvel was saying i heard him in the law lo- in the offices up the street um from when i worked at comiXology so Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, this, I've heard good things about this run. And Javier Polito's art grows on me the more I see it. So maybe I'll check this out as well. Mm-hmm. Nick, what about you? What are What are you reading next? What are you excited for?
1: Yeah, for me, it's definitely uh, Ice Cream Man 28 coming out on Wednesday. Writing by W. Maxwell Prince. Art by Martin Morazzo, as to be expected. It's titled The Etymologist Rises. Uh, the preview summary being uh, the term comic book is an etymologically confusing one, as they the comics are most often not humorous, nor are they in the traditional sense books. So I think this, uh, much like every issue of ice cream man, not all, but some seem to have a sort of conceit or a theme. Like one was all about uh, the structure of an advent calendar, for example, Mm -hmm. based on the cover page I've seen uh, for this, it looks like it's going to riff on sort of a dictionary, like the dictionary layout and structure and sort of how it, Uh, structures entries so i know that sounds real exciting to some of you but it sounds really cool to me it it
0: sounds great (laughs) to me i can't wait to cover this in 2024 when we finally get to volume seven or eight of ice cream man (laughs) we
1: we we did three ice cream man minisodes this year i just want to point that out so i think we are like the idea of us getting current is not outlandish
0: Hmm. well i'm excited Either way, I mean, I, I, the thing is, W. Maxwell Prince is going to find a way to make, I'm going to try to say this, Emma D., I can't even say the word, he's going to make that word
1: <laughs>
0: very interesting. I'm just going to say that. I have a feeling. And it's going to somehow twist my brain. And, you know, that's the thing that I love about Ice Cream Man. Before, all right, before, <laughs> we're going to move on, Um, before I try to say that word one more time, just out of yeah. out of spite. Um. Anyways, uh, before I get into my pick for this week or what I'm excited for, uh, some folks hanging out in the discord with us, their picks this week, uh, Danny is excited for Superman and Robin number one. Uh, is that a book that's actually coming out? That was the surprising part. Does anyone know? Can we confirm that Superman and Robin number one? Okay. Um, Hugh is excited for X-Men number seven. Matt and Aaron and I are excited for Saga number 55. Um, I'm very excited for this book. Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. I mean, come on. How do I not pick this?
3: It's, it's very
2: it's back, easily. Baby. You know what happened in the last issue. You could very easily not pick this up in protest.
1: This is true. Um
2: when however did that come out? It's like
1: four years ago
0: sure. or something.
2: Definitely pre-pandemic. I can
1: barely remember
2: six, last month. I think month.
3: six years ago
0: easily a decade ago i think the last issue came out so is this a, is this a good good jumping on point is what i have <laughs> a feeling i have a feeling that it is the worst jumping on point of any comic
3: that's ever been written oh darn okay i guess i'll pay i'll pass well, it here, here's the thing Maybe right, guys, this is
1: its own project paul for this year it'll be a patreon <laughs> exclusive series we're gonna have you read the second half of saga without ever going back <laughs> right. and reading the first <laughs> yes
3: yeah, I think I made it through the first thirty issues. So yeah, I've got I've forgotten most of what happens with that stuff. Perfect. So yeah, it'd be basically like a clean slate. Yeah. Well,
0: here's the thing. So I mean, obviously, I'm excited for Saga. Here is the thing that is killing me. Right, Image in their in their wonderful, beautiful world has decided. Yeah, this is going to be the like the only two ninety nine book on the shelf. Because I was wondering, are there actually any other books that are being sold on the shelf for two ninety nine at this point? I think it's if it is, it's only like. Top tier, like we're gonna sell a billion copies of this issue, so it doesn't matter, whatever you know, issue. Uh Saga is that one for image. I don't know if there's any others. Maybe Savage Dragon, maybe Spawn. Yeah, Hughes in the chat says spawn. Here's the thing that is killing me. That's fine. $299. Obviously, we should draw the line at $299. Somebody said that at one point,
1: I think. <laughs> that was DC's um, famous um, I know. promise they broke twice. Yes.
0: <laughs> promise that they've broken yes. so many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the point here. What I'm getting at is that Image has the fucking audacity to put this in the solicit for, for Saga 55. As a thanks for fans' endless patience, the Saga team is proud to return with a double-length issue 44 pages for the regular $2.99 price point. And here's the kicker. Without variant covers or gimmicky renumbering,
1: God, could you pat yourself on the back any harder than that? Like, I want to throw the entire internet (laughs) in the trash
0: right now because if Image is trying to say, look how much better we are than every other publisher, they wouldn't let one of their fucking founders get into NFTs with Steve Aoki, okay? Don't forget all the
1: union issues they had earlier. Oh, yeah. The yeah. union
0: issues that we're talking about. The, we wouldn't talk about the, the fucking stupidity of them saying, yeah, we're not going to do second prints for any book. So people just got to get fucked until the trade comes out. They, they are creating this scarcity mark. I just, guys, I'm so mad at Image Comics right now because how dare they think that they're being so clever with their hot <laughs> book. I just want to just scream.
2: You're um, mad but at I Image. Sure. Nick's mad at Valiant. You know, we're yeah. always all mad at DC and Marvel. It's just like, you know, you're going to be mad. We're all just mad. We're all just mad. We're not <laughs> all yeah. perfect,
1: like Vault. That's
2: got, that's the... you know, <laughs> that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry.
0: Listen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm mad at this. It's just, it's, I just think that they can't I can't believe they have the audacity to act like they're so much better than Marvel and DC and they're doing the same stupid shit. They just happen to give creators a little bit more money and do no marketing for them and don't help them in any other way other than publishing their book. Uh as a publisher, uh so whatever. Um anyways um <laughs>
2: you really feel Mike damn. I Mike I, left the industry anyway, and he's coming for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, anyway, so th- that's all I got to say. I'm excited for Saga 55, despite all of that. <laughs> it, I'm going to read it like... I, ugh, Guys, if you pay me, if you get us to a hot, like $4,000 a month, I'll give you oh. weekly rants about... Com- no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the last year of I Read Comic Books and what an amazing time that it's been, despite the awful things that are the world. So we'll be back in uh, just a minute.
1: Hi, this is Clay from the Next Issue Podcast.
3: Hi, this is Kyle from the Next Issue Podcast. Hi, this is Josh from the Next Issue Podcast. And this is Daniel from the Next Issue Podcast. And we want to congratulate our friends over at I Read Comic Podcast on their seventh annual. And remember, comics are good so are you. you.
2: Good.
0: This week on iRead Comic Books, we are mostly just talking about ourselves. This is the narcissist episode of IRCB. <laughs> um, it's our seventh annual episode. It's the celebration of seven, the seventh year of I Read Comic Books to come. Um, I'm very excited because the last year of IRCB has been pretty wild and super successful, and overall, just I I feel really good about the show. I don't know what we did this past year, but it seems like we've built a really strong community beyond what was already there and it's only gotten tighter and and more interesting and exciting for everyone i think like being more prominent and using our discord and like just just the overall vibe of everything has been really great and i obviously you know we on the show we want to encourage that and we really love it but like the show has grown and it's you know the people on our discord and the people online who chat with us and stuff um have really made this a super welcoming and exciting place to talk about comics and all sorts of stuff um like i doubly want to shout out the discord because uh i feel like we've got a really cool group of folks that hang out on there and just chat and i know some folks are more active than others, but man, it's, it's such a welcoming place that I just want to hang out with. You know, I just want to hang out at all the time because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> so like,
1: <laughs> I don't know how else mm-hmm. to describe it other than that, but it's, it's made for a really it's nice, comfortable place to, great, to just chat with people. Such a warm, yeah. welcoming place. Everywhere, every, everything else is on fire. So of course, by default, it's a much more attractive yeah. option. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. A few sure. months
2: ago, um, I think Nick, you told me you were just like, you know, if you want to interact with humans, you oh, could go no. on our Discord. <laughs> 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 and, then, point. Yeah. and then I didn't until like yesterday and I went yeah. on there and I was like, All oh, right, Nick is right. I could have been interacting with humans this whole time. Don't
1: so. don't <laughs> say that phrase. That gives power that I just don't that shouldn't have. Right, but-
0: I don't want to sell it short, obviously. Like I, I'm i saying these things because you know, this is all that we do is we're from the Midwest and all we do is self-deprecate on ourselves. But like speak
2: for yourself, <laughs> Michigander. No, no,
0: I this is this is just me and Nick. I know this is a for a fact. <laughs> um but it's quite honestly like such a fun place to be. Like, I don't know. The Discord really is something that I check all the time when I'm on like on my phone on my computer like it's a really nice place to be and full of people that I just like to talk about stuff with um it's not just comic stuff it's it's everything and I feel like we've we've built a really cool place on the internet for folks and I've heard this from other people on the discord either via our listener survey which I want to talk about um or just in general like feels like we built a really nice community and I'm super thankful for that because starting this show has always been a, a a battle for me in terms of I always said to, to my friends, I don't want to talk to anybody about comic books because talking to people about comic books got really angry really fast, you know, mm-hmm. and we start I started this show to talk comics with folks that I trusted and that I liked, you know, and as we've grown the show to add more people um, to the to the place that we are right now, like, I didn't really think there was going to be more than that. And now here we have this discord that is just full of really wonderful people to talk about comics and other things with and. I really appreciate that because I know that sometimes, especially in comics, especially in nerdy spaces, there is a lot of unwelcoming gatekeeping bullshit. And I don't feel any of that in our discord. And I really want to shout that out because it's, it's a wonderful place to actually have those conversations and be critical and not feel like someone's going to get in your face for hating something or not liking something um, and vice versa for liking something or really loving something. So I don't know. I just want to make sure that it's said because quite honestly, it's a fantastic place.
3: I agree Mike I agree I was uh I have to say I was a little hesitant to st- join the discord initially just cuz I'm not a big fan of like chat groups or chat rooms but I I I really enjoy the community there it's a, like you said it's a very welcoming positive uh discussion about comics and not just comics you know I feel like mm-hmm. we talk about everything on there and it's nice to have a group of friends that yeah you can you can be critical and you can say things but you know your opinion's going to be respected and not dismissed out of hand and it's a very um civil civilized place to have conversations which feels incredibly rare these days so yes yeah. i'm very thankful for that
0: yeah absolutely
2: an elegant weapon for a more civilized age exactly
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um but yeah that's you know I that was the first thing i wanted to say because i feel <laughs> like that has really solidified a lot of what i think 2021 was for me was obviously being more online just because there's not a lot to it's not safe to go outside and be out in groups and crowds and stuff. And as much as my heart yearns for the next, you know, dozen comic conventions that I can go to in the future. Um, like it's, it's nice to have at least a place to go and do a lot of the things that I would do at a con you know online at home even though there is a little bit of a different you know a a difference to that but regardless like it's still like a comfortable place where i get to meet up with friends and chat with them like we did a huge hangout last night for like three hours and it was like bumping until like 11 p.m and i was like i have to go to bed at some point so i need to get offline you know um but it was amazing like i don't know it's just a fantastic place i'm going to I'm going to shut up now, but
3: yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a good point because it's, I I know for me, sometimes reading comics or watching movies, that's something I've did a lot of the past two years, just because again, stuck at home a lot, but they can be very sort of solitary things. So having a venue, like a podcast like this to share your thoughts. And even on a lower level, like a discord group to like share your thoughts with like-minded people. That's, it makes it feel less solitary and lonely to do the things I enjoy. So it's made yeah. it more rewarding in a lot of ways. So um speaking of which, can we talk about the R C B movie club? I wanna again thank yeah Mike and Brian and Kara who was on this past year uh for pitching in with that. It was a fun little idea I had and I'm glad it's been successful. And I think we're gonna keep doing it this year if people seem to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see where we go because I feel like We've we've hit a lot of like at least semi big things you know like we did a documentary we did a Spider Man movie we did Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> and that was like on a forever list of we got to do this sure um but like I feel like there's there's a lot of places that we can go with this and we've been you Paul in particular have been really explicitly choosy with the movies that we go with but in the best way <laughs> right like we're never just gonna go all right let's get through all the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we could have done that <laughs> but I like that we're bouncing around and we're forcing ourselves. Um, to watch and read very different things. Like every, every time we have an episode.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely was the goal. And I did it. There's the, I'm old enough to remember when there were no comic book movies or superhero based films. So the fact that <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, one yeah. every, every three weeks is, is like disorienting, but I wanted to step back and focus on movies that maybe weren't as, as well-known or maybe adapted from less well-known material. Maybe movies you didn't even realize were comic book adaptations. Um, that being said, I this is my guarantee for 2022 on the RCB Movie Club, on our Patreon. We will be watching and discussing American Splendor. It's got to happen. <laughs> that was one of my goals from doing this, this podcast was to make Mike and Brian watch that movie. So it's going to happen. <laughs> That's
0: my guarantee. I think, I think here's the thing. We also have to make an effort to put dread back in the listing at some point <laughs> of course yeah. i just want to say that i think that we've got to do that whether it's the sly stallone movie or it's the the carl urban movie we got to put dread back in the list in some capacity yes. maybe this year we'll yeah. see i'm just saying i think we owe it to the people who have been clamoring particularly danny <laughs> in our chat um to bring dread back at least as a as a runner up. maybe we'll do maybe we should think about a runners up bracket i mean i'll leave it to you yeah i'm just throwing ideas out there
3: yeah so i guess what i'll say if you've not checked it out yet if you're not a patreon or you're not a patron on Patreon, Uh, that's where we've been doing this uh, movie club podcast. We do one like four times a year, Mm -hmm. um, which has been the perfect amount of time to get it set up and do all that. People get to vote on what movies we watch. And every time I put American Splendor on the poll, it never wins. So I guess I'm going to have to (laughs) stop (laughs) stop the steal and (laughs) demand a recount one of these days. Oh, no. Democracy
1: Uh, is overrated for Paul, and it's just going to be a little authoritarian for – look. We're talking about,
3: we're, we're talking about Judge Dredd and to quote Joseph Dredd himself, democracy is not for the people. So, <laughs> oh, um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I would love to do the, both Dread movies. Maybe we'll have to do a double feature at one point, but <gasps> that's been one of my favorite things the past year to keep that series going. And again, I do want to specifically thank Kara for coming to talk about Josie and the Pussycats, one of my favorite movies. And then, uh, it was clearly one of yours as well. So I'm glad we got to talk about it here on the show.
2: That movie lives in my head rent free. <laughs> Of
0: course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that we did that episode because it happened to line up when the super Yaki shop was doing a sale on Josie and the Pussycats like anniversary stuff, Correct, and I bought yeah. a Du jour t shirt. Yes. It's one of my most prized possessions. <laughs> I every time I wear that shirt, like people have seen me on camera for work and they're like, Is that from Josie and the Pussycats? And I'm like, You fucking know it is. And I turn around <laughs> and it's got on the back. Oh my gosh. Great. It's a it's a prized t shirt in my collection. The shirt is great. Du jour means friendship it does um speaking of patreon stuff Kara, i want to i want you to tell us a little bit about giant days of our lives which is another big patreon series that we did this past year um it was a huge endeavor uh and the amount of notes like the 40 or 50 page document that you brian and kate had for that tell us about this show and like what did you think of it are you are you trying to still sell it on people how many t-shirts do you own all that kind of stuff um
2: first of all the t-shirt that i have is my favorite t-shirt it's like not to not to upsell our merch but it's a really Please, comfy this is the t-shirt. episode to do that it's a really comfy t-shirt you guys um i got it in mauve and um what i what i like about the the cover art for the giant days of our lives series is that uh brian and kate and i decided to like use our our college aesthetic so like I, I so like we all sent in um pictures of ourselves wearing what we would have worn in college. And when I sent out the art to like friends and family to say, like, look, this drawing is me, they were like, What are you talking about? You don't look like that. You don't dress like that. I was like, I did <laughs> ten years ago and all I did was wear sweatpants, Uggs and an Anorak everywhere I went, get out. <laughs> uh, but yeah we do you know, we really liked doing the whole revisiting um the whole college dynamic friendship stuff giant days is one of our favorite comic book series so getting to read through it um with with brian and kate was really lovely for me because they're both really thorough readers in different ways so mike was saying oh there's so many notes i'm like yeah <laughs> because <laughs> we all have different perspectives and we're very prolific. And uh, Kate did all these lovely summaries of all the issues so that even if you uh, didn't have access to the comics or weren't really interested, but just loved hearing our voices that you could just go in (laughs) and kind of pay attention to what's going on. Um, And of course the, the challenge of having a podcast about comic books is that it's a purely audio medium talking about a purely visual medium so how do we best present that to listeners? Um, so that was that was a really lovely project. But um yeah, when it was on this list, I was like, that wasn't last year. That was like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that show was really cool. I really enjoyed the the Spotify playlist that Brian put together. I thought that was really fun. Um and like all the 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 pairings that you did with each of the volumes, I thought was really cool um and yeah i don't know it's just a really fun show overall i'm i'm really glad that we did it and i i am very excited for the next big series that we're going to do but we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that later um we're saving that for the end of the show uh the one other thing i wanted to do uh, for this episode I i was going through all of our downloads we've done done pretty well for this past year in terms of downloads and stuff like we're no i don't know serial podcast or whatever but you know we've done well um but i did go through like the geographical location um of like everything that we've had downloaded. And I just want to shout out to the people across the world who are not in the United States listening to the show, particularly those in no no order here. Um, Australia, Poland, Malaysia, um, Britain, Ireland, Northern Ireland. I don't know why those are segregated or set up, set up differently. Um, Nigeria, Algeria, Canada, Norway, Germany, France, South Africa, India, South Korea, and to the one person who downloaded an episode in China. Hello. Um, Mike, yeah, I'm just excited that folks are listening to our show um and we somehow broke through the great firewall of China. I uh, I'm guessing. But
2: Mike, Ireland you know. and Northern Ireland are two different countries. That's why they're separate. Yeah.
0: yeah. sorry. When I when I said why did they break I meant like Britain and Northern Ireland. I got oh, those okay. two democrat like cuz Mike, Mike you are starting United to, uh, oh, Wait, wait, hold on. Real... A second. Wait, wait. United <laughs> Kingdom is not the same. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy anyways, i can tell um, you where we won't have any listeners from for the for 2022 <laughs> oh i'm in trouble now with with some people over across the pond <laughs> um
0: but anyways yeah i i was ex- i'm excited like i know that we have listeners who are not in the united states but um it's really interesting to see folks from uh particularly from non-english speaking countries downloading our show because i can't imagine people who speak english understanding me and the speed at which i speak let alone someone who maybe doesn't speak english as their first language but um uh who knows maybe that's the challenge um can you listen to this idiot speak as fast as he possibly can into a microphone but uh yeah it's really cool to see that folks are listening to their show across the world um so hello to all of you fantastic people um and yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Speaking of other, you know, folks listening to the show, I do also want to shout out some of our listener surveys uh, giveaway winners. Uh, we had, we did, we got a bunch of people who who gave us some answers to our huge survey that we did. Thank you to everyone who provided information. Um, it's going to be super helpful in us figuring out what we're going to do for the next year because we got some really interesting feedback. That I had never considered before. So I'm really excited to take that to the rest of the group and figure out how we can devise ways to basically make the show better for those of you who uh, filled out the survey, because that's how you get data. And if you didn't fill out the survey, I'm sorry, but you had your chance. Um, <laughs> so, you just yelled shout out like to our in the winners. Discord. Yeah, hit me up on the Discord and uh, tell me what you like about the show but um, or what you want to see us do in the future because that was like one of the big things is we got some feedback of people saying, it'd be really cool if you did this and this and this and multiple people gave me this extremely unique thing that I was like, I would have never considered that for this show. So
1: Was it end the show? Nick!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to spoil it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, last stop. Here we go. Uh,
0: anyways, I want to say thank you to the winners, uh, Hannah, Simon, Tom, Ben, and Kay. Um, all five of you are going to be getting gift cards. I'll be reaching out to you after this episode is out and uh, hopefully getting you some gift cards for you to buy some comic books. So I'm very, very excited. Either at your local comic book shop or at uh, Midtown or or, or Comicsology, whatever you prefer. So uh, look for those emails coming from me very, very soon. But yeah, I guess what else what else happened this year you guys want to talk about? I'm I'm just interrupting nonstop. So what what were you guys thinking about for today uh, when you're thinking about the last year of I read comic books?
3: I mean, we can't we have to mention we hit 300 episodes, which I mean, is. Oh, yeah. I mean, just it's an arbitrary number, obviously. I mean, this is year seven that we're going into. So that's impressive. But I think 300 was a nice episode is a nice way to pat ourselves on the back. Much mm-hmm. we, like we're doing today. Uh, any excuse to do it, I guess. But I thought yeah. that was really fun. It was, it was nice to kind of tell my friends and family who maybe know vaguely that I do a podcast to say like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been doing it for 300 episodes and it's still going strong. So it was, it was a nice uh, time to reflect back on the history of the show. Uh, and I really enjoyed that episode. So yeah, we should mention that for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. 100% agree um I, I appreciated that we got our holidays wrong and ended up doing a best moms in comics episode uh, <laughs> on father's day yes uh that was perfect um i mean yeah we did i when we did
0: i think what was it for i think we did the fa- best fathers in comics first and then we did a best mothers in comics in like as a reflection because i didn't i don't know how to time anything holidays don't actually show up on my calendar for some reason so i wasn't even thinking but you know it was fun (laughs) i mean but in the 300th episode was was seriously solid because it's like we've done more than 300 episodes i think i said that on that episode yeah but um you know the fact that we actually got to that number i don't think a lot of podcasts can say that and then a lot of podcasts don't even number their show because apparently that's bad for seo or something like that but i don't care (laughs) i don't care (laughs) Um, I think it's an achievement we've done so many episodes and I I think what I'm probably going to do shortly probably after this episode today is I'm going to take all the episodes that are no longer like available on iTunes and Spotify and stuff and I'm going to put them up in a folder for folks that want to listen to them. Either, I don't know, if, if you're interested in this, I could put up a second feed of the archive of IRCB. Alternatively, I might just put them up on a Dropbox folder for Patreon folks. Anyone sure. who wants to access them, can just check, check them out there. <laughs> um, it doesn't go into your podcast feed thing. But, you know, if if folks are really interested, send me an email. Um, podcast at gmail.com. We can figure something out because there have been multiple complaints um or questions about where people can listen to those early episodes um part of me wants to say they're gone and you can never find them because <laughs> some of them aren't good but all you know for folks that are interested i can definitely i can definitely make them available um just let me know
3: i'm sure there's completists out there yeah
2: they want that rare xander sighting <laughs> yeah. exactly
3: yeah Exactly.
0: that that should that should be a goal for this year that we get an episode like like an april fool's day or something crazy um where we do like a bizarro world where it's like xander's on the show kelly's on the show um <laughs> and like i don't even know like we'll, we'll bring back somebody who hasn't been on the show in like five years and have them be that'll be the episode um could be wild i,
3: I only will talk about x-men comics it'll be weird it'll oh be, my yeah, gosh oh, two. oh <laughs> man i i said
0: I, I, okay i don't think i ever said this. Um, and I know I know we've got other things to get to, but you know what this is whatever <laughs> this episode is crazy um for the three hundredth episode, xander, I'm gonna tell everybody all of the plans that we you and I had come came up with and decided that it was far too much effort so for the three hundredth episode, Xander and I were uh talking about like we were talking I might have already said this to people on like a hangout or something, but we were talking about doing like an alternate universe or maybe i already said this on the show but we were going to do like an alternate universe where we had pre-recorded things and i was going to work with you paul and Mm. we were going to act like the like there was an alternate universe that had somehow fed into the ircb feed where (laughs) paul you were the host Mm. implied for 300 episodes and on the 300th episode you were handing it over to me so i would continue to run the show as normal but it'd be like (laughs) man i haven't done this before so i guess i don't know how to host the show um and yeah, it was going to be like this bizarre world where I was trying to communicate with the mic of the this universe that we live in via the computer known as Xander. Um, it was,
3: <laughs> oh wow. It was, wow, it was really
0: out there. We had a we had a big idea. Wow. <laughs> we decided it was way too much work. <laughs> oh
3: That's a lot of work. But I'm just going to throw this out there. If there's anyone out there who wants to do IRCB fanfic, there's a great premise for you. So oh no!
2: Well, that around, is not man. a can of worms you want to open up. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah.
3: Ooh. I don't know
0: what fan fiction is, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to quickly turn into... Should I just uh, Google it? Should I just Google yeah. fan fiction? Yeah. You, su- you, know, you should search uh, slash fic, and okay, that'll, that'll oh, get you no. right into where we shouldn't be. <laughs> um, Nick, you put together a list of stuff um, of this last year of notable events. Uh, what were some of the things that you were, you were excited about or wanted to talk about today?
1: I mean, in terms of dangerous wish fulfillment, getting to actually record an Aliens episode like... I was waiting, like, I was checking my calendar to make sure we weren't, like, filming on April 1st or something, and then you were going to be like, psych, and then (laughs) we aren't going to actually do Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. So, getting to record that episode with you and Brian, and, um, you know, I had been whining and complaining about the new Alien series at Marvel for, like, half a year you know, whenever I'd bring it up, Brian would, I think would be like, you know, if this is, this is okay. And be like, no, it's not okay, Brian. Like it's not <laughs> fine. I appreciate that you have an opinion. I don't want to hear it anymore, but that's great that you have one. And so basically just having another, being able to like sit you down and make you read this book and be like, I want a third opinion on this fucking book. Um, <laughs> was like my life goal for at least a couple months there. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 2021, everyone. And uh, so getting to read that, and then I think we also read Dead Orbit. Mm-hmm. And I think we also read the one shot that led in... Oh, that's right. We we led the one, the one shot that sort of f- fed out of the film Aliens. And of course, you yep. watched Aliens in preparation for that. So it was a whole... Uh, it was a whole theme for a while there, and um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think uh, that is your one gift for this decade. I'll get it. you in another five years, um. <laughs> and uh, I'll have another movie uh, ready for you to watch. I hope, I hope you've watched the first Grown Ups movie because uh, we will be definitely. <laughs> you're gonna need to be versed in the lore before we we watch the second one. Oh, uh, brother! Yeah um from here on wait just for the kevin grown-ups. james all the way down i you know i
0: wouldn't be surprised if titan comics published a grown-ups comic book so you know that's fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> they'll do any tv movie franchise they're like we'll do mm-hmm.
0: it i'm gonna i'm gonna steal from your list here and and sure. give a shout out to our candy bar antler boy series that danny and i did and it's it was. You know, a thing that I decided to do on a whim, and it was very exciting because I love Sweet Tooth to, the, to death. And so Danny and I did a whole big discussion about Candy Bar Antler Boy, uh, or excuse me, Sweet Tooth, and we called it Candy Bar Antler Boy, and we got, like, custom art made and stuff. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. That was, like, a really fun, like, live-to-tape type of thing, very little editing, where I just, like, put music on both ends of the so- of the audio and just kind of dropped it into the feed. Um, I don't know if anybody listened to it, but you know, it definitely came out and I was excited to do it because I was just happy to talk to someone about uh, Sweet Tooth. And Danny and I were, were both, I think, pretty hyped about it, which is really nice. Yeah, And according to Danny, it is the number one unofficial Sweet Tooth podcast, which I totally agree wow. with. Um, and I'm going to start spamming it to Jeff Lemire as mm-hmm. the next season ramps up. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get an official deal with Netflix or something. But, you know,
2: <laughs> I like Nick's note that a highlight of the year was this is just... Talking about Gambit for an entire episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which episode? We've done multiple. Oh, that,
3: yeah, <laughs> oh. <it> <laughs> I, read I think comic this books. was the
1: first one that was intended to be a Gambit episode end, oh, okay. and not okay. one that just ended up being a Gambit episode
2: mm, from it. Um, the secret's out. I read comic books is actually I read comic books about Gambit.
0: <laughs> right. Have <laughs> <laughs> you guys haven't noticed the little tiny font in parentheses underneath the logo? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
3: God. Well, speaking of making each other read comics, um, I'm really glad that I made I forced you, Mike, to read Final Crisis this past year.
1: Mm,
3: yeah. And I got to talk about Graham Morrison with Kara, which is one of my favorite things to do, Kara, talk about Graham Morrison with you. So
2: yeah. Only I mean, you, Paul. Yeah. Only for you I know. will I, I subject I, myself <laughs> to more. Of I just I just it just scarred me so much that having to go back to it, I was like, no, oh. this is still trash. But I'm having a thoughtful discussion about it and why it's still trash.
3: It's always fun to talk about it. Yeah. Even though we wildly disagree. And again, maybe that speaks to something we were talking about earlier, the idea of a place where we can have a respectful uh, discussion and disagreement without Mm -hmm. it being personal. You know, it's just like, hey, we have different tastes and we can kind of talk about that in in a civilized, civilized manner
2: yeah i'm not
1: no oh sorry go ahead kara
2: no i was just gonna say for grant morrison the thing that i find so interesting about talking about this creator in particular with paul is that the things that i don't like and he likes and vice versa are always like the same thing so (laughs) recording (laughs) the other side of the coin it it really does feel like another side of the coin thing so even though (laughs) i'm just mad every time i read a grant morrison book i'm like you know what i'm sure paul's enjoying this in equal proportion
3: exactly
1: <laughs>
2: not every yeah. book has to be for me and that's fine i'm still gonna be mad about it though
3: i thought that was a very very fun discussion i the idea of making mike read that book cold delighted me so
2: you know. just, Lisa, no, wonder he, no wonder he doesn't like dc paul right exactly <laughs> you know, yeah.
3: What's the worst jumping on point yeah there we go
0: I mean, I'm all for that this next year. If folks want to just
1: throw like comics at me cold without any prep. I, I'm i 100% on board for that. Speaking of um, having people read other books, I, I have an announcement for Paul on a promise that is long being kept. Yes. Oh okay. Okay. Uh, uh, IRCB exclusive. I think it was maybe even a year, maybe even a year and a half ago. I made the ultimate wager with Paul, and I don't even know if he remembers this anymore.
3: I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. And I was just wondering about it. So yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, I told him that if he watched Joe Perra that I would read two Hernandez brother graphic novels of his choosing, and I I bought a bunch of them in that comiXology sale. And I have the one about hoppers, and I've started Maggie the mechanic, and I'm very pleasantly surprised to find out that it's actually somewhat sci-fi, and I did not expect that at
3: (laughs) all. Oh, Yes. Yes, there's like uh,
1: hover bikes on page one, and I was immediately like, "This can't be what Paul recommended." There's gotta, <laughs> there's gotta be a mistake Nick Reed's here. Nick Love and Rockets. I think that's a new series that I can't wait to listen to. This, Ooh, year. I'm not yes. so sure. It's one Paul can't wait to listen to. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 like 20 pages in so far. I'm yeah. I'm enjoying the fact that it is not at all really what I anticipated. Sure, um, yeah. I'm very surprised. I thought. After having read uh, the other one, I thought it was going to be much more slice of life, mm-hmm. somewhat like the um, the superhero. Oh, the Return of one. the Thai girls. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. was like yeah. half slice of life, half like mm-hmm. reflection on superhero tropes, kind of, at least for me, it was my interpretation. So I thought this was going to be more holy slice of life. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, check out. I, I fix hover <laughs> bikes. And I'm like, what? Oh, boy. So.
3: Nick, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I'm glad you remembered the bargain. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that means a lot to me. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, One, I don't want to get too far off tangent here, but uh, Mm -hmm. listeners, regular listeners to the show know that I dearly, dearly love Love and Rockets, particularly the Jaime Hernandez uh, Maggie based stories, which is what Nick is reading. And um, it's one of those books that I always have trouble describing or explaining. So I'm always hesitant to recommend it. I think the best way to do it is just jump right in at the beginning and kind of swim your way to shore, so to speak, so you find a footing in it and enjoy it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: the, the I will say that first volume, Ag, the Mechanic, the the Rockets half of Love and Rockets is way more prominent. That'll change by, by <laughs> you get to when you get to The Girl from Hopper's. <laughs> But yeah, in the beginning, there's a lot more spaceships and dinosaurs than you'd probably expected. <laughs> yeah, you're just know, gonna
1: have to go through and grade each volume, like on the on the percentage ratio between love and rockets. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. one is eighty percent rockets. Okay, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> it drops off pretty steeply after that first volume. But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, you'll please keep me abreast of your your uh, love and rockets reading experience. I think once you get to Girl from Hoppers, it really locks in and becomes something special. At least to me.
1: So. I, I have heard that, and I think Mike even tipped me off, that while there is some overlap between the brothers in terms <laughs> of interests, in terms of um, style, that there is a significant departure between the two.
3: Yes. I, so At I least only, for him. Yes. I definitely only recommended you uh, Jaime Hernandez stuff. I like Gilbert stuff a lot, but it's a way more... It, that is definitely not for everybody. That is much more of an acquired taste, I think. So I think if you want to try that, try Heartbreak Soup or – that's probably the best way to start, Heartbreak Soup with him. But yeah, I think I think knowing your taste, I think you'll probably enjoy Jaime stuff a lot more.
1: Okay, okay. That's fair.
3: Anyway, that's my love and rockets talk for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Paul. Okay, Thank you. Next time I'm um, on we'll, the show where I'll talk about more. So
0: uh, Next year, you mean. because uh, You get to <laughs> do this it, once a year. That's
1: it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
0: We had to talk before the show. Um, before. <laughs> I, I think one of the other things that I'm, I'm really proud of this last year is that we really got Nick into reading manga. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're going to be working on Paul. But uh, we, we <laughs> did bring the
1: impossible read reading manga
0: <laughs> to the point where I'm going to reveal this right here and now on the show that as for the 2022 reading list uh, or rec- reading challenge that we have on Goodreads, Nick has picked a manga volume as his wow. book that he wants everybody to read. So yeah. just going to say, you guys, we did it. Everybody, the show's done. We <laughs> the finally it. <laughs> has been created. Yes, yes, yes. But that I don't know. I think that's really cool. I'm glad that you, that you gave some stuff a shot. I know that like, a lot of the stuff in the show, we do. You know, we rib each other about the things that we have interest in, and you know, you know that Nick's going to read this, and Mike's going to read that, and Kara's going to read this. Um, but I do Nick's think going to like, keep reading Valiant forever. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I do, I do appreciate that. Like, you know, we, I think we're all stepping outside of our box. We've always done that, and I, I applaud you, Nick, for stepping into a thing that I know you were very like, I, I, not averse to. I think to start. Um, but I was the same way, and you know, we can all be manga lovers in the end. I'm certain of it. <laughs> So I'm glad I'm very happy for that it's Speaking it's um,
1: such a good book i'm I will be shocked and and surprised to see who who doesn't give this book a try, even yeah. if you're new to manga wholly new to manga i think um it's such a beautiful book uh it's such a funny book it's it's i don't for me it's funny comic books is such a difficult thing to deliver it really mm-hmm. is, and this book nails it so I'm 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 excited to see what people think about it.
0: So make sure to check out the reading list, the reading challenge, when it comes out mm-hmm. uh, in February. That'll be out pretty soon.
2: LFM Mike's like, we all got out of our comfort zones and I'm thinking about my pick and I'm like, everyone, you don't even need to see my name to know that I picked that one.
0: (laughs) No, that's okay. That's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with picking stuff that, that like you really love. But I also am just like, I feel I'm, I'm just happy to see, you know, that Nick dug this book so much is
1: great. It's just, it's fun. This could almost be its own game. Honestly, you should almost drop the, drop the list of books. Drop the list of names of people who pick books and <laughs> yeah. have people yeah. try to figure it out. That could be fun. That could own. actually be. Yeah.
0: I'll throw that at, at the at the Goodreads organizers and see what they think.
2: Just make your own wordle, but you have to pick the name of the person who picked the book. Um.
0: Well, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Was there any last any last things you guys wanted to shout out before we wrap up here? Because I really any last long things, episode. Mike, oh, Kara, go ahead. Go I'm ahead, hijacking please.
2: the show right now. Okay. This is please, ridiculous. Please, please. <laughs> okay, so, um. So the other the other day, I couldn't sleep because my brain decided that what this episode really needed was the definitive list of I read comic books hosts and which sailor scout they were oh
0: right god i saw it i saw this in the notes and i totally forgot about it go yes please go (laughs) ahead go ahead
2: all right so uh as listeners to the show may know i i found the sailor moon manga to be really formative for me as a a teenage girl reading these stories about these teenage girls saving the world through the power of friendship and also magical wands from the moon (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. as one does um but the the series i think did have a lot of resonance with people because it came back to um this like the 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 friendship between the different characters and um kind of this sense of how they all interact with each other and then of course it, you know it's kind of a a manga following these standard Plots where it's like okay I know I'm going to fight a bad guy and then in the next issue I'm going to fight another bad guy and eventually I'm going to work my way up to the boss and the series is going to end and I'm going to have like an ultimate boss but like within that structure there are some like quieter character moments that come across really nicely and um, as somebody reading this as a younger person I was just I just got totally lost in it. Um, so it does like Harry Potter. It's one of those things where at the back of my mind, I'm always just like, what Hogwarts house are you in? If you were a sailor scout, which sailor scout would you be? And why? So it's like the Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) I just need these frame of frames of references. So, um, I started making a list of which sailor scout, uh, corresponds with which IRCB host. And my methodology started out with, um, which scout are you in terms of your role in the show and your dynamic in the show but then there's but then there's like some sailor scouts where they have you know like a little bit more about them like the because you spend more time with the what's called like the inner senshi so like sailor moon sailor Venus, sailor mercury mars and jupiter um they're like the first characters that show up so you spend more time with them and you know more about them whereas the uh, the outer planets the outer senshi um, including pluto because pluto's totally a planet <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know a little bit less about them so that was part of why i couldn't sleep because i was like how do i describe these characters in a way that doesn't fall back on their powers or the author's lists of what their favorite foods are because <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> um and then like some some of these uh came really easily to me like mike i knew right away um tia i knew right away and then at the end of my list i had a look i had a small list without names associated and it was me nick and renee and i had a small breakdown because i was like oh no we're the same person in terms of this list <laughs>
0: So, yeah, the chaos trio. How <laughs> how dare you?
3: <laughs> God. So,
2: um, okay, so without further backstory, I'm going to tell you the Sailor Scout. I'm going to tell you the description that I came up with, and then I'm going to tell you the person I associated with that description. And you're going to tell me if you agree or if I'm full of shit. Okay? Okay. Okay. We'll start out with Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is the reason everyone is together and feels less alone emotionally (laughs) expressive likes video games and food and it's mike
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) you know it's uh, mike (laughs) i'm blushing over here
2: (laughs) (laughs) um all right this was one of my struggle ones so feel free to fight me on this one next one sailor venus loves a spotlight hates authority and has the best toys and uh for this one i picked renee (laughs)
0: I mean, I can't argue with that. No. I was I was almost going to say
2: Tia, but that is that is Renee.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All right, I'm 2 for 2. All right. Next up we've got <laughs> Sailor Mercury, the studious one. Knows her way around a computer. Focused. It's always the quiet ones. That's Kate Scotchless. Oh, damn. Yeah. 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 That's that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we have Sailor Mars, strong sense of self and no time for useless men. Always wears heels. That's Tia.
1: Yeah. That sounds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that
1: sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Danny's calling it
0: in the chat, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, next up, we've got Sailor Jupiter, tough as fuck, but really wants to be in love and be a florist and bake cakes and make life beautiful. And that's Kate Lanfear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! This is this is all winners so far. Right, Holy here, shit! Here's where we
2: here's where we get a little like more abstract because we know less about the the outer sailor senshi. So next we've got okay. Sailor Saturn. Tries their best to do the right thing, even when everything hurts and they have no idea what's happening. Misunderstood kid. I keep this one to Brian. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. I think that works.
0: Oh, uh, Danny said Nick. <laughs> Yeah, I was wow. gonna say, ouch!
1: <laughs> I mean, oh man, we're making our own BuzzFeed quiz. That's what we're doing. Holy shit! <laughs> right, next, I was gonna this- say, BuzzFeed should be giving you a call real, real soon, Kara, yeah. because yeah. I think I, I think you, you might have a real, you know, niche talent here.
2: I'm so good at content creation, you guys. All right, next we have Sailor Uranus. An almost overwhelming sense of duty plays the long game. Not fussed by convention and intense feels. I gave that one to Nick. (laughs) Intense feels, Mm. for sure, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This has just been Nick's long ploy to get all of my comic books. (laughs) Um, If he can get into my good graces, I'll write him in the will. I think that's what this is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Next, we have Sailor Neptune. Musical vibes. Patient. Kind. Kind deep will absolutely fuck you up if you don't get out of their way that's paul <laughs> oh, that's
3: the nicest thing anyone's ever said yeah that's true. <laughs> oh amazing yeah
2: that's... okay all right uh next we have sailor pluto over there doing their own thing but actually likes being included unrequited crushes rule follower unless friends are in danger i gave that one to me <laughs>
0: I was going to say, if you didn't give it to you, I'm hijacking this quiz right now, and I'm giving it to you. All
2: right. I've got, I've got two more, and then one I didn't do, and I'll explain why. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. All right. Luna and Artemis. The cats aren't usually in the middle of the fight because they're running the control room. That's Xander. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow uh-oh <laughs> xander xander's so happy that he said this i don't know if happy is the or word a I'm, conf- guess- I'm reading that as a happy omg okay in the chat okay
2: all right um then next to last we have tuxedo mask mysterious hero sailor moon's love interest flair for the dramatic entrance and exit honorary mention for kelly <laughs> <laughs>
0: this this tracks this this is perfect <laughs> wow
2: I was like, i'll let right, her know in the context of the show kelly is the mysterious one we never really interact with but sometimes mm. we hear in the background so kelly's tuxedo True. mask in the context of this show and she needs a top hat and a bouquet of red roses immediately <laughs> this is our next
0: cosplay i will be sailor moon and kelly will be black mask oh
3: my don't even tease that mike
2: you can't. oh my god okay <laughs> yeah. so the other main character that i did not include is sailor chibi moon and There's just way too much to unpack here to subject anyone to this comparison. Um, Sailor Chibi Moon is Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask's daughter from the 31st century who comes back in time, is 300 years old, but looks like she's six And a bad guy (laughs) turns her into an adult, and she immediately tries to seduce her father. So, like, I was. I'm not.
3: Wow.
1: (laughs) I can see why
2: that wasn't assigned. Yeah. I didn't I mean, for starters,
1: you'd have to figure out which one of us is really the time traveler. But beyond that, obviously, there's some other problematic (laughs) stuff going on, too. So nick's
0: wiping his brow he's like phew they didn't figure out i'm a time traveler
1: yeah i'm immediately regretting sending that video to mike a couple of weeks ago where it was like was this computer in the 1980s evidence of a real time traveler i didn't mean to. that was a copy paste for me mike i didn't mean to send that uh, your way okay. that's okay uh
0: this is this is the most beautiful thing i think we got to turn this into like a series of tweets um or something because this is Mm -hmm. fantastic yeah honestly this is almost enough for me to say we got to start the zine back up um just for this maybe we do a four-page fold fold over zine just for this because this is amazing (laughs) oh thank you so much for that kara you're welcome thank
2: Thank you you for letting me read it
0: (laughs) well i guess i guess to to wrap up the show um because i don't know how we can go off on a higher note than that no um the one final thing that i want to say is we have a new patreon series coming um later this year that's going to be fantastic paul could you tell us a little bit about this brand new child that you're birthing into this world
3: <laughs> oh you're putting it uh that's a lot of pressure mike um i <laughs> um no but it's, it is is uh obviously anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while knows that this is no surprise, something I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm happy to announce it here. Could we drop in the MTV News baseline thing where it goes, You hear it first. Thanks, Xander. We will be doing a series that we will be going to be calling A Better Batmobile, in which me and uh, the rest of the people on the show will be reading Grant Morrison's Batman run, which stretched from about 2007 up and through 2011, I believe. It's a long, it's a long long series. It's a lot of comic books, and it's important to me because it's one of the things that got me back reading monthly superhero comics again. I started reading with Batman R.I.P., and it made me even a bigger fan of Grant Morrison than I already was. Maybe think about Batman in ways I never thought before. So I wanted to do it for the show, and we have a fun little outline here, which I outlined all of the issues that Grant Morrison wrote, uh, along with some supplementary material to explain their take on batman and we're shooting for 10 episodes where we will be discussing in excruciating detail all (laughs) the minor details and themes throughout grant morrison's batman work i'm so excited to do this and i'm i'm glad that people have volunteered to do it um i don't know if they're ready know what they're really getting into but hopefully it'll be fun when we figure it out so
0: I'm super excited for this. I'm I, If only because I know that I'm in it and I know that the issues that I'm reading are going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is going to be a blast. We're working on getting art together and everything else organized. But Paul gave us an incredible <laughs> pitch for this. And I'm so <laughs> excited to see just what comes out of it. Like, this is going to be this is going to be killer. So if you're not on the Patreon, make sure you do that. Um, and subscribe because that's coming later this year. Um, Plus, you can get access to all of our other stuff that we have. The Saga of Saga series, which is a read-along series for Saga, which is about to come out so uh, get caught up <laughs> giant days of our lives as we said Paul and Mike read Doom Patrol which is where Paul and I went through all of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol which is fantastic um, plus all the other exclusive stuff we did like a full airing of a Q&A that we recorded for episode 300 very re- uh, just back in December um, and then we also released like the full interview series that we did for episode 300 um, there's so much stuff on there so yeah go do that patreon.com slash IRCB podcast um, we'd really appreciate it and you can get access to so much really really cool stuff including this brand new series <laughs> um, it's going to be amazing.
3: I will say, you know, actually, Mike, now you mentioned it, Paul and Mike read Doom Patrol is a good place to start with this because I think it would be the similar format for the show. And obviously, we're talking about Grant Morrison on that show as well. So if you get yeah. a sense of the kind of deep dive we're going to do, unpacking all these themes, I think that Grant Morrison's Batman run is an elaborate chaos magic ritual that Grant Morrison does to make Batman a whole character and make Bruce Wayne happy. Does everyone else think that? I don't know, but we'll find out. When we read (laughs) Graham Morrison's Batman.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, Well, Nick, Kara, any final thoughts before we wrap up here?
2: Sandra makes the best magical moon cats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, Well, cool. I guess next week's. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead
2: um one time one of the cats uh, falls in love with an astronaut and turns into a human just so they can kiss him before running away into the night and thinks of them whenever they eat sugar candies <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, i am got to change up my credits template now to call Xander this. So, um, anyways, next week's episode is going to be great. Uh, it's a Goodreads Book of the Month with me, Brian, and Kate. We're going to be talking about Pearl Volume 1 as selected by the Goodreads 2021 finishers. Everyone that finished our reading challenge last year uh, picked this book as a as a great group. I uh, appreciate Paul out there who put together a uh, – Paul on the Goodreads group who put together a, a nice voting bracket and stuff like that to make sure that every, we, we picked the right book. That was exciting. And, yeah, that's going to be next week's episode. You can always follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Kara at Kara SM. You can follow Paul at Oh Hi Paulie. Nick at Death Star Plans, and me at Mike Rappin. Plus, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at IRCB Podcast. The TikTok has been really, really fun. I hope you're following us over there because just really cool clips and everything.
2: This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like the IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and Na 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 Morrison. Join now at patreon.com <laughs> slash IRCP podcast.
3: Can we get that clip to be the theme music for that, that podcast? Please. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll do
2: it with better enunciation. It's okay. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah.
3: We'll we'll fix it in post. Um if you haven't already please rate and review our show. I think five stars is a fair rating. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. I think we deserve a rating, don't you guys? Join the RCB Discord community to chat about comics and much, much more. Plus, you can tune in and listen to the show's episodes as we record them live each week. There's a link in our disc- uh, to our Discord in the show notes.
1: Podcasts grow best when spread by word of mouth, so why not tell your friends, family, and local comic shop about IRCB? I know I do and they tell me to stop bringing it up but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop
3: <laughs>
1: uh, Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music Xander
0: <laughs> is a magical moon cat and he edits the show <laughs> he's amazing uh, I want to say thank you to Paul and Nick and Kara for being on this but thanks to everybody that was hanging out with us in the Discord we had so many people earlier today I am I loved it thank you guys so much uh, until next time though comics are good and so are you